Hello, my name is Katie, and this is the Truth for Your 20s podcast. This is where we have weekly conversations with the people I love most from the internet as we navigate all the things we wish we knew when we were 20. My goal is to help you avoid heartache, go further, faster, and have a more joy-filled life. And today we're talking about grace for the go-getter. Somebody's like, thank you for speaking to my soul. Uh, I mean, I can relate. The person who like wants to be the quote, good girl, the wants to get the good grades and be a star student and do, do, do. I said do, do. Anyways, <laughs> the go-getter, but also the girl who needs grace. Um, this is a wonderful conversation. But first, we are going to read the review of the week. I love reading you guys' reviews. This one is super sweet. This is from Amber. It says, hi, my name is Amber. I'm from Texas. I'll be 21 in July. I listen to this podcast weekly through Spotify. I stumbled across the podcast completely on accident. And let me tell you, it hits home with a bunch of scenarios we go through at our age. I just left a toxic relationship after my ex cheated on me two months before our wedding. Oh, Amber, I'm so sorry. My family did not support me leaving and only a couple of my friends stuck with me. All of this brought me into a really dark state of mind for a few months. And this podcast has really helped me to deepen my faith and grow personally. This podcast among my few great friends that stuck with me are the reason I have such a newfound confidence and reason I'm happy as ever while single. Amber, thank you so much for this review. It helps other girls find it. And it's just a chai tea latte to my soul to let you just to hear that you guys are reading it. You know, it's funny on podcasts, there's not like a comment section, you know, as social media. So the only reason I know if you like it or want more or something resonates is the review. So I appreciate anyone who takes time to leave a review. All right. Grace for the go-getter. If you find yourself saying I'm too busy, I'm too tired. I just can't. I'm overwhelmed. This episode is also going to be a chai latte to your soul, my friend. Here we go. Hi, Rebecca. Hi, Katie. I'm so happy to be with you today. Thank you for having me. Of course. I'm excited you're here too. I can't wait to get into this conversation, but before we do, just give us a little bit of intro of who you are. Absolutely. So my name is Rebecca George. I host the podcast called Radical Radiance, which really has a heart to help women see what does it look like to radiate the heart of Jesus in all that we do. And it goes back to this verse that God really put on my heart in Psalm 34, it's verse five. And it says, those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. And so I love that verse and having conversations that just kind of point us in that direction. And I love writing and speaking kind of to that end. And so I'm an author and speaker and uh, the book we're going to be talking about today actually comes out this year in April. It's my first um traditionally published book. And so I'm super excited about that. And outside of work life, I'm a pastor's wife. I love to run. I'm a Tennessee girl. We live here just right outside of the Smokies. And so it's just a beautiful place to enjoy being outside. And um, so I'm loving that these days. I don't think we talk about that. I'm in Chattanooga. So we're basically neighbors. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it's spelled for people who aren't from Tennessee. It's spelled Maryville, but people say Maryville. So Maryville. (laughs) We have a town near us. Um, It's spelled Lafayette, like Lafayette, Louisiana, but people call it Lafayette. So yeah, (laughs) I get it. I totally get it. And I actually lived in South Mississippi with my husband for about three and a half years. Um, So we were not all that far from, from Louisiana. And so, so yes, very familiar with that area as well. Lafayette. Yes. Awesome. Well, I love the title, do the thing. And then also, um, the grace for the good girl. Like, I think that that is so 
beautiful. And I think that so applicable to our listeners, because, you know, I think that if we have an avatar, so to speak of our listener, you know, it's a girl trying to do the right thing. It's a girl who, who wants to check the boxes and, you know, have the, the good grades and make her mama proud, but it's not always so easy. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that you talk about just the grace for that girl. So I'm, I'm curious what led you to kind of write on this topic. Yeah, absolutely. So I've been speaking for a number of years and God actually led me to start a ministry that I had for five or six years after my mom's cancer journey, where we made handmade hats and letters of encouragement and we coupled them together and donated them into cancer treatment centers all over America. And it was the coolest season of ministry. And I'm so thankful for all God did. But as I was leading that, I had the opportunity to speak and share with church groups and women's ministries about what God was doing and how they could get involved. And something happened, Katie, as I was doing that, I would speak. And then at the end, you know, you have women come up to you and chat with you about, you know, what you spoke on. And I always had women come up to me and say, you know, I love what God did through your mom's story and how he's at work in your calling. And I actually feel like I have my own version of that. And something would hush them to a whisper and they would almost, um, I don't know, there would, there would be something that was holding them back. It at times was fear, insecurity, doubt, comparison. They were scared to take that first step, no matter what it was, something was holding them back from all God had for them and how they were to use their gifts and talents to the glory of God. And so I had these conversations over and over and over and over again. And so as I began to dream and just pray through what would it look like to write a book and what would I want to write about? That was kind of the core message and the thread that kept coming up of how do we see our work and our gifts and talents from a biblical perspective? Um, I think there's a lot of books on the shelf that are encouraging and would certainly cheer us on towards, towards good works. But um, what I saw missing from a lot of those messages was just rooting it and grounding it in more of a gospel centered perspective. And so if I was going to write on the topic, that's, that was my hope and my dream and my prayer was to be sort of that answer to um, where I've seen a lot of other messages fall short of just leaving us kind of exhausted and maybe encouraged to do a lot of things, but how do we do them um, with the right perspective, realizing that we have limits and God does not and realizing that he has in a, very special way gifted us to um, use those gifts and talents to bring him glory. And so that's kind of what I've been walking through with the Lord for the last 10 years or so leading up to writing the book. That You're speaking to my heart right now because I've shared my story on this podcast before, but in short, I was, you know, well, I was your typical heartbroken hunger versus sorority girl. And then I became a Christian and met my husband and I want to be the quote best Christian, which is obviously such an oxymoron. And I'm like, you know, doing all the quote, good things. And like, yes, I'm going to save the homeless people and like spinning my wheels. I was like, I volunteered to do admin stuff in our church. Like I'm the most not detail oriented. Like I was just doing, oh, yes, 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 yes. And there's a season for that. And I think that I learned a lot in that. And I think that that's better, honestly, than just sitting in my hands, but I wasn't doing what God created me to do. And I, I had this total meltdown in my walk-in closet, like throwing a sweater on the ground, having a hissy fit, yelling, why is it so hard, God? And I truly felt him speak to my spirit. Like, when did I ever ask you to do any of this stuff? Like share your story with young women. That's what I've designed you to do. And 
I had to take the long winding road, I feel like to get there, but I'm sure you have stuff to talk about in that. So like, sometimes we're busy doing stuff, but not necessarily what we're designed to do. So what is it? How is it? Perhaps people can find the shorter path to finding what they're designed to do. Yeah, I love that question. And there's an exercise that I actually find really helpful to walk through. If that's you today, sometimes we are in seasons where we can, we can see very visibly, okay, this is how God's gifted me. And this is how I'm using that for his glory. And sometimes that just feels really confusing. And so if that's you today, um, this is where I would encourage you to grab a a pen and a piece of paper and just sort of journal through this with the Lord in the days to come. And it's okay if today you don't feel like you have a really tied in a bow, perfect answer to the questions I'm about to ask you, but it's just something good to explore. So if you think back to maybe your, I don't know, elementary, middle school days, do you remember Venn diagrams? Katie? Yes. Yes. Okay. So like you had two bubbles, it was a compare and contrast exercise and you saw where maybe two different things sort of intersected in the middle. And that was sort of what you were looking for. Okay. So we're going to take that idea and sort of talk through that related to our calling, except this Venn diagram has three bubbles, three circles that we're going to walk through. The first one is what matters to you. So begin thinking about what are the things that you do that maybe you are super passionate about, or let's say you lose track of time when you're doing that particular thing. And then the second bubble is what matters to God, right? When we look in his word and we see that um, he's passionate about the gospel spreading, he's passionate about, um, you know, he's very just loving and yet loving God. And so maybe there's something that you, that really matters to you, a need that you see in the world that you see, oh yeah, that also really matters to God, right? And so that's that second bubble. The third bubble is what matters to other people. What's a really practical, real need that you might see out in the world that you can in some way connect, okay, God's gifted me in this certain area, and I might actually be able to come in and help meet that need in a way that also matters to God, right? So when we look at these three bubbles, it gives us at least a starting place for conversation around how do I take what God's given me? And use those things to build his kingdom and advance, you know, advance the gospel. We're all called to go and make disciples. That's the sort of leveling thing that I think is a good starting place when we're having this purpose calling conversation, because it can oftentimes feel very big and maybe even intimidating, especially when we're in our 20s. But I think the encouraging thing to know is the ultimate call is the same to go and make disciples, except the expression of that in our everyday lives on a Tuesday is going to look different for me. It's going to look different for you, Katie. It's going to look different for every listener. And so I think kind of taking a step back and really, really sitting and and praying with the Lord of what have you given me to steward for your glory and what matters to me, what matters to you, what are needs I see in the world that's a good starting place, right? And again, you may not have all the pretty tied up in a bow answers today, but um, it's a good place to start. No, I love it. I am definitely going to make a Venn diagram on Canva and share this on social. When yes, I love airs. that. Yeah, that's really helpful. Um, and I'm thinking back, um, is it Frederick 
Buchner, I'm saying his name incorrectly, he wrote the book. He studied a lot of people who survived the Holocaust concentration camps, um, was a Christian. And his quote is something along the lines of like, your passion and the world's hunger, where they meet is your purpose. Oh, yeah. Right. It's basically what you're saying too. And so I just think that that's um, studying people in the worst of circumstances he found still such, such beautiful purpose. Um, and, and anyway, it's, yeah. it's fascinating work, but, um, all right. So I want to get into some more about some of the things you unpack in the book and stuff. Um, I wonder if you could talk about like what you kind of talked about here, but like seeing your gifts and talents from a gospel centered perspective. So I was just talking to someone the other day and her brother is a tattoo artist. You don't necessarily think of, you know, missionaries of the world as tattoo artists, but that is his mission field. He says he's sitting there with someone tied to a chair and he's holding a needle to their arm for two hours. And he talks about Jesus and what a, what a gift and what a calling. And I think that that's, again, not something you necessarily would think, but a hundred percent a calling. So yeah, I want maybe just unpack that a little bit. I love that Katie. And I think we've done something in the last or at least I can see it across my lifetime that I think is so unhelpful for, for believers. And it's this, it's tying ministry to vocation, right? Mm-hmm. And this idea that in order to go and make disciples, in order to advance the kingdom of God and spread the gospel, we have to be on church staff or be a missionary on a foreign mission field. That is so not reality. And no matter where you are coming to this conversation from, no matter where God has planted your feet as a follower of Christ, you are and have the opportunity to go and make disciples every day, wherever God has planted your feet. And so I think that's the base level foundational understanding that we all have to go go for in in order to be able to move forward and see how do my specific gifts and talents do that right in my everyday life. And so that foundational understanding of, um, of our ultimate call is step one. Right. And then as we talked about a minute ago, making that connection of how to, how do my gifts and talents relate to that? And then I also just, there's an illustration that I think is so helpful that the Lord gave me as I was reading through scripture chronologically a couple of years ago, I was reading through Leviticus, which, (laughs) yeah. And I remember praying one specific day, Lord, I really just, I need you to speak to me as as I read today. And just, I, I just need to hear from you. And this particular day, I was reading this passage where the Lord is giving Moses instruction on how to care for the oil lamps in the tabernacle. And I was reading just this real specific instruction he gives him. And then I was thinking about the tabernacle and the temple and all that that meant in the Old Testament. It held the very presence of God, right? And so when we think about those oil lamps, they had to be tended to. Their wicks had to be trimmed. Their oil had to be replenished in order for them to function as the very light source of the presence of God. Right. And then we look all across scripture and we see this idea of of radiance and light. We see Jesus call himself the light of the world. He then tells the church further on in the gospels that we are the light of the world. Um, Now that, you know, we're post after the Pentecost and Jesus's ascension back into heaven, we are indwelt by the Holy Spirit and carry the very presence of God within us. Yeah. 
And maybe you've read that, or maybe you've been in church for a while, or you've you've been reading your Bible in a while, and you might know that on a head level. But do we live and and act out our calling and move forward in faith as if we truly believe and know that we are indwelt by the Holy Spirit? That it's not all on us, it's not all up to us because and only because of Jesus's finished work on the cross do we have access to relationship with the Father. Our relationship with the Father is restored. We are indwelt by the Holy Spirit, our helper, as scripture tells us. And I don't know about you, but that gives me so much more courage to take next steps of faith, knowing I'm not in it alone, knowing that he is empowering me by strength. And so I think a gospel centered perspective of our calling just roots us back into some of those biblical truths that maybe we've known again on a head level, but we've not lived like it's true. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Well, it's so funny, like how God works in mysterious ways, but you read that in Leviticus, which more power to you. I think that's amazing. I never would have gotten that. So I think that's awesome. Um, and I just wrote this down because I knew we we're having this call today. I feel like um, my devotion was totally about this too. It was talking about when Paul was writing to um, in Colossians and he says, um, I have been set I have been set on a special assignment by Christ as a part of God's master plan. And then devotion, it was asking us to put our name there. So like I, Katie have been set on a special assignment by Christ as a part of God's master plan. And like, as you're saying there too, I mean, do we, do we believe that? Do we receive that? Do we put it on our mirror and say that every day? Like that is so powerful. It makes me want to get up in the morning earlier. And like, I want the devil to be shaken in his boots when I get up. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And like, Exactly what you're saying of, I think we've all, and I I won't say the names of any of these books, but we've all read books in the last 10 years that have told us to get up earlier, to do all the things, to drink the water, to eat the kale, to, to be more productive and all the things, right? And it's left us all exhausted. Yeah. And what if we rooted ourselves in the biblical truth of, of who God is and what Jesus did for us and what that offers us in our lives now as we walk out our callings faithfully. And when I do that, Katie, I I just um, I'm so much more aware of how the Holy Spirit is active and alive in in and through me. And again, it's not all up to my own strength that is um, if you haven't figured this out yet, very, very finite and limited. And um, we actually, we get to partner with God in how he wants us to use those gifts and talents to bring him glory. And he is limitless yeah. in all of his ways. And we get to partner with that limitless God who empowers us by his strength. And that gets me up in the morning. Right. Like not in a way of, I feel like I have to get up at five o'clock and do all the things, but just in a, no, I get to advance the kingdom of God today. I get to. Yeah. Yeah. And what a wonderful assignment I have been chosen. I've been sent by the creator of the universe for such a time as this, like that perspective just changes everything. Um, You said something at the beginning, like as you were speaking and you'd have women come up to you and like, yeah, you know, I have this fire in me but fear, but whatever. I hear that too. And I have so many young girls, especially like, I want to start a podcast. I want to write a book, but whatever. We're talking about literally how God caught us on a special assignment, yet we are letting stinking lies standing the way. I would love for you to talk about that. (laughs) 
Yeah, I am the chief of sinners of this. So I'll start with that. I do not have all the answers. God's word does. Um, We all get paralyzed by fear at times. And I, I think we all want a really perfectly tied up in a bow solution to that. When in reality, we are finite, imperfect people following a perfect, limitless saint. So I think with fear... We, it's something that we all experience, right? This side of heaven, because we are, we are imperfect and we are following our, our limitless God that we've talked about, um, in all of his ways. And yet we find ourselves in these moments where we're just crippled by it. And, um, I think the encouragement I would give is not so much that we won't experience fear or doubt or any of the things that we talk about in this conversation or in the book, but it's where are we turning in those moments, right? We, we know, and we see in scripture that he did not give us the spirit of fear. We see that in, um, in scripture and we know that. And so when we do experience that really taking a step back yeah. of saying, okay, Lord, I, I'm scared. I'm scared to take that first step. You know that I'm scared. So I'm in agreement with you that that I cannot do this apart from your strengths. I, I can't do this apart from you empowering me to do so. And so I'm asking in faith that you would give me all that I need to take this step of faith. If it's doubt, um, I, w- I would take a similar path, right? Whatever it is that is maybe that sin struggle yeah. that we're really walking through with the Lord, it's, it's going back to him and reminding ourselves of what scripture says is true about us, about God and, and living in accordance to that. Now that sounds really easy to say and really hard to live because it is. And there's a passage in Philippians that I found to be so helpful in these moments for me that I've walked through. And it's when Paul talks about our thought lives and he essentially just kind of walks through the things that we should be thinking about, right? What is lovely? What is pure? What is worthy of praise? What is just? And so there are moments, Katie, where I'll sit down with my journal and I'll say, on the left-hand side of the paper, I'll write through like, is this true? Is this worthy of praise? All of those questions. And then on the right-hand side of the paper, if the answer is no, whatever I'm struggling with, then what is true? What is worthy of praise? What does God say in his word about this truth that I'm having a hard time believing or whatever it is, you know, in your life today. And so that's another practical exercise that I sometimes will just take 30 minutes and walk through with the Lord when I'm really walking through that, that doubt or that fear and um, breaking news. It still happens, right? I, I haven't beat that. Uh, even though I, I, I wrote a book that included material about it, it's something that we'll all struggle with. But I think it's yeah. where we turn in those moments that, really makes a difference. Yeah. And I think you touched on that too. It's not like, oh, you wrote a book, therefore you must be unafraid of what people think of you. Like, no, like, yeah. (laughs) Right. Uh, What's the quote? Like we um, brave is being scared to death, but walking forward anyways. And so I think that that example you gave is so powerful and writing down what is true. But then again, you are going to have to hit post on that. You are going to have to make that phone call. You are going to have to send that email. You are going to have to do the scary thing. And it doesn't mean you're going to be like unafraid, but it is a little bit of a muscle and you do get a little bit braver each time you do it. 
Hey friends, I want to tell you about something called Gather Social. It is a dating app that is not a dating app. It basically just encourages more organic meeting of people in your area, in your age range. Guys and girls, you can meet some friends and you can meet potentially a little boo thing. So this is just an organic, safe, natural way to meet other people in your city. And I'm so excited about it. I had the opportunity to meet the founders of this organization via phone call, had a great conversation with these guys. They're good people up to good things. And I would love to get you in on the action. So I have a link at the show notes in this conversation, and you'll definitely be hearing more from me about this cool new app called gather social. And I tell this story. Uh, and I think it just is helpful to think through as we're walking through scary steps of next steps of faith. I took this painting class with my grandfather a few years ago, and it was an oil painting class. Neither of us had ever touched oil paint in our life. And we walked into this Hobby Lobby where we were taking this six, seven hour all day on Saturday class. And I remember staring at my little workstation and I had a blank canvas. I had a little palette with about four or five colors. And then I remember looking to the front of the class at this finished product that we were supposed to walk out of this classroom with that looked something like that, you know, finished product painting. And I remember thinking there is no way I can take this blank canvas and walk out of here with something that resembles that at the front of the class. And then the instructor, his name was Nick. I'll never forget. He just, um, one technique after another, just taught us everything we needed and how to mix the colors together and what brush to use and when and why. And I remember standing up towards the end of the class and walking around the room and just looking at everyone's paintings. And everyone had been given the same tools. Everyone had been given the same instructor but it was what they did and what we did with those tools that made the painting beautiful. And it was just so representative to me of what God does in us when he, he gives us all different sets of gifts and talents. He is our helper, scripture tells us, in the Holy Spirit. And we get to partner with him and take one step after the other toward what he's calling us to do. And Um, most times those first few paint strokes across the canvas, those first few steps of faith are the scariest, like you're talking about. And then it is like a muscle I've found. Like the more I am taking those next steps of faith and obedience, um, it doesn't ever become, you know, easy per se, but it does um, become something that I, I remember, oh, God was with me. He empowered me by his strength last time. I trust that he'll do the same this time. And so so yeah, I think you're absolutely right on that. Yeah, that's so good. I come to back to that often too. Like when I'm scared about the future, looking at the past, like God was good yesterday. He his character doesn't change. You know, his that that thing I cried about ended up being so good. And he is the same God. Anyway, I come back to that all the time. He is good and he can yeah. be trusted. So um one of the things that you unpack in your book that I would love to hear more about is macro quitting versus micro quitting. Please Please tell me more. Yes. Okay. So the ministry that I mentioned earlier in the conversation where we donated the hats to the uh, cancer treatment centers, there was a season, Katie, where I felt that assignment come to an end. And it was really hard because I, I, we had done some really great work and the Lord was blessing it. And sometimes that happens where we're in an assignment and God is at work. And yet we feel called 
in another direction? How do we walk through those moments, right? And so as I was thinking about that in all of our callings while writing the book, I I just really sense the Lord give me this idea of there are different ways that we quit things, mm-hmm. right? Um, sometimes it's a small pivot. Maybe it's, you know, this small group that you lead on Tuesday nights and you're just sensing the Lord wants you to have, you know, your hands in maybe another ministry opportunity within the context of your local church. And that's going to require you to pull yourself away from leading that group. Maybe that might be a good example of micro quitting, a small pivot in order to be faithful in what God's called you to today. There are other moments in our calling where it's more of a macro quitting conversation of, Hey, I've been doing this for 10 years. I've been walking down this path and maybe God's blessing it. Maybe I'm sensing that, um, even though there's good work being done, God's leading me in another direction. And that's going to require a large pivot, a macro quitting, um, scenario there of moving on from maybe something that we didn't think was going to end quite this soon in order to be faithful to where God's calling us. Now, in my own story, I really sensed that I was to be more focused on writing and speaking. And God made that very clear. And, you know, that's a story we don't have time for today. But um, that required me stepping away from a ministry opportunity that I thought would would last much longer than it did. And so I think it's just helpful to have a word to to name what we all walk through in our calling. It's not that we, you know, we might experience uh, seasons of transition. We will experience seasons of transition in our calling. And so um, really walking through that with the Lord and asking him for his discernment and wisdom. The book of James tells us that he will give us wisdom liberally if we ask for it. And really walking through that with him and asking for discernment in those moments because it's it's hard. And most often, and I would say I see this a lot in women, particularly we experience guilt and shame when we have to end an assignment and and walk into something new. And we know that truth, too, of um, there's no condemnation for those in Christ. We, we know that if we're being led by him and he leads us into something new He is the sovereign Lord God of the universe and the world is not going to stop spinning on its axis because God calls us to quit something, right? He is so faithful. And so I just think it's an important conversation that we don't have enough is what about when we have to quit things because it's a reality that we all experience. I'm reminded of a sermon series I heard a while back called Choosing to Cheat. I don't know if you've heard that, but similar to what you're talking about, like, we have to, we can't do everything, right? So for example, like if you're in a season of writing a book, maybe your social media is going to be to suffer. You can choose to cheat that area. That's okay. Um, but just choosing to cheat the right things. Like you don't want to cheat your family. You don't want to cheat your calling. If you are called to write a book, you can't ignore that to post on the social media or to, um, or maybe your social life is going to suffer in a season, in a short time, choosing to cheat what, you are okay with cheating for a short period of time and just doing that on purpose because no one purposefully ignores their family or purposefully ignores their calling, but no one purposely plans not to, unless we choose what we're going to cheat from. That's so good. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. That's a really good way to frame it. I like that. Well, I like the, um, as you said, just putting language around it because that's so important because sometimes these feelings and these words can spin around in our head, like a big mucky, (laughs) 
slime and you're like, I need handlebars around this. I need words. And then that helps you like, oh, that's what I'm feeling. That's what I'm experiencing. And I love how you, you put words around that. Yeah, I like it. And I was having a conversation the other day, and this might be helpful for your listeners as well. We were talking about this very subject and my guest on my own show, we were having a similar conversation. And she said, you know, I also come back to this idea of there are primary callings that we have that nobody else has, right? If you are married, nobody else is called to be your spouse's wife. If you have children or have children one day, nobody else is called to be their mama. Nobody else is called to be their daughter. Right. And so really sitting back and taking those callings seriously and doing what's, what's required um, to just be faithful there. And then with the margin that we do have and trusting that to the Lord. um, And sometimes that looks like starting something new. Sometimes it looks like quitting something. And so we just have to follow him and, and ask for his discernment in that. That is so good. I'm taking all kinds of notes on this. Um, I just want to maybe go to specifically the 20 something perhaps who's listening and, you know, she's like, okay, you know, I have this kind of feeling that my calling is A, B, and C, but I don't know where to start. I love that Venn diagram that you mentioned, but like, I don't know, maybe is there, does she need to tell a friend for accountability? Like I'm trying to think of what the next steps would be to kind of just dive in and not to let the years pass and to not discover that calling until she's 40 or 50, just to your life is now, you know, dive in and don't think you're too young or don't think you're too inexperienced. And maybe the next step is getting more experience, but just how she can go ahead and dive in now. Yeah, no, that's so good. I think I would say a couple things and you touched on one of them. You're not meant to do this alone. Yeah. Right. And so whether it's finding a mentor to walk through this with you or really connecting with some peers in an area um, where you you sense God calling you, for example, when I really focused on writing and speaking more, I, I joined an online community where I got to really connect with more peers who do what I do. And I found that to be super helpful. So that can be a great place to start. I also think and this would be probably my biggest piece of advice. We get overwhelmed by just the weight of the big thing. Like, let's say, you know, in our lives, maybe it was when we started our podcast. I don't know about you, Katie, but when I uh, sensed that the Lord has called me to do that, it felt so big and overwhelming. But when I really sat down and, and broke it down into smaller steps and did one thing at a time, it didn't seem quite as overwhelming, yeah. right? I needed a mic. I needed to figure out what my podcast was about. I needed to uh, find some tools that would help me edit my podcast. So all of those smaller steps that are required to take that next step of obedience, uh, sometimes it just helps us to put that on paper. So whatever it is that you feel called to, uh, I would just encourage you to take some time to do that in the next few weeks. And then back to point number one, invite somebody else into that. So not only for accountability, but also encouragement along the way. And um, I think that that helps take away a lot of the overwhelm. Yeah. At least for me. Yeah. No, that's so good. Well, I can't wait for the book to come out in April. Do you have a specific date? Yes. So it will come out on April 4th. Yay. And yes, I just, I cannot wait. Yay. Okay. Tell us about the pre-order bonuses if they get it beforehand. Yes, absolutely. So we have put together just all the 
all the fun resources for you. If you pre-order the book and sign up for the launch team, you will receive one, a 30-day devotional called Your Gifts, His Glory. It talks about a lot of the topics we cover in the book, but just from the perspective of me and 29 of my other friends that wrote for the project. And so that is super fun. There's also an audiobook version of that devotional narrated by myself. There's a quiz called How Well Do You Know Your Calling that can help sort of identify where are you today in the conversation that we had today, and then how do you take those next steps as you walk through the book. And then there's a goal planning guide that can help you really break down, like we're talking about, some of those things that feel overwhelming so you can take your next steps of obedience. And so all of that is available to you for free after you pre-order the book and head on over to dothethingbook.org. Do the thing book.org. Okay, that will be in the show notes. I'm I'm just excited about the quiz out there. I think that our um, listeners will love the quiz because that's so helpful. I'm glad that you have that yeah. that tool. Well, thank you for sharing. I can't wait to um, have this book into the world. Thank you for just tackling the subject with such grace and um, just wisdom, really. And I, I love that your perspective on everything. Before we let you go, I want to ask you our million dollar question, and that is: if you could have coffee with your 20 year old self, what would you say? I would tell her you're not behind. You're not behind on where God has placed you today. He is so faithful to lead you and provide for you. And um, I really, that's good. At at that age, I so desired to be married and was watching many of my friends get to take that next step. And I was a bridesmaid 12 times before I got married myself. And so I was just in the throes of that at that point in my life. And I just would tell her you're not behind. Mm, So good. I love that. Well, thank you for being here, Rebecca. We'll have all the links to social media and the pre-order bonuses in the show notes. Oh, thank you, Katie. I'm so grateful for the work that you're doing. It is so important as we just take a step towards just looking back to the truth of God's word and um, just some of the things that we face in our twenties. And so I just love your ministry. I'm thankful for you. You're the best. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, I would enjoy you sharing it with a friend. If you take a screenshot and share it on your social, make sure you give me a tag at Katie Bulmer life. And I will definitely make sure I respond and thank you so much for sharing the love. Hey, and if you're new to the podcast, make sure you scroll back. We have over a hundred episodes interviewing experts and 20 somethings and everyone in between tackling all the hottest topics you wish you knew, but maybe just don't. This is called the truth for your twenties podcast. And I'm so thankful that you're here.